millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Cringe Binge podcast. Now, this is the first episode where I have a guest on with me talking about their teenage years. Joining me on today's podcast is Mairead Ronan. Now, Mairead and I go way back. I was asking myself, when did I first meet Mairead? And I remembered it was when she was working as a producer on the Ray Darcy show years ago when it used to be on Today FM. And they did a segment on the show about teenage diaries and asked listeners if anyone had anything cringy they had written as a teen and if they could send it in. So, no better woman. Of course, I got in touch and I sent in some poetry that I wrote in school. And Mairead invited me into the studio and I went on air and read this. It's a poem I wrote called Mispa, and I've written it phonetically in this accent. Mispa. I was looking in the mirror and what did I see? A huge red pussy pimple staring back at me. To the bathroom cabinet, quickly I fled and out with the concealer to hide me extra head. I smeared it on, I rubbed it in, but it did no good. Should have known that bag of chips that had me pulling up me hood. You couldn't see it from far back, but when you got up close, its shape and colour made it look like a turkey roast. I could see it when I crossed me eyes, right in the end of me nose. I mistook it for a strawberry wool, eating me Cadbury's rose. Ah, oh, to think of myself going out tonight, looking like a right fool. I'll have to slap on a bandage and just act really cool. There was another poem I read along with that. It was very dramatic and it was called An Ode to Eric Cantona. And I remember a listener texted into Ray Darcy and said that they wanted to get it tattooed on their back. <laughs> Hilarious. So my guest this week is Mairead Ronan. I suppose Ireland first fell in love with Mairead when she was a producer on The Ray Darcy Show and we used to hear her lovely warm voice coming on air and having the chats every day and I guess as a nation listening to the radio we felt like we knew Mairead we heard her every day and she was one of our pals Mairead went on to become an incredibly successful TV presenter presenting Ireland's fittest family, getaways and celebrity banished door 
when I think of Maraid, the first thing I think of is her amazing hair because she hands down has the best hair in the entire country. And that could be something to do with her entrepreneurial business, Faro, as Maraid has a very successful line of hairstyling brushes and products. So go on the Faro brushes, faro.ie, check it out. When it came to publishing my autobiography, Flabyrinth, and I needed some celebrity endorsements for the front cover, Maraid kindly gave me one and she said, laughed out loud, been close to tears, I'd give it five star bars. Thanks, Maraid. So Maraid is the 2019 winner of Dancing with the Stars, where she glided across the dance floor and further into our hearts and was a very worthy winner of the coveted Glitter Ball Trophy. She is so hot right now and I'm very grateful that she took time out to record this podcast and revisit her teenage years. We do mention a couple of photos in the podcast and if you want to see the images, they're up on my Instagram in the highlights. My Instagram is Jules Call Picks. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Maraid Ronan. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here and to be my first guest because you gave me a quote for the front of my book, Flabyrinth. And it was such an amazing celebrity quote to have to, you know, endorse the book. Um, and when I invited you on this podcast and got you to think back to your teenage years, yeah. what sort of feelings came flooding back to you? I, I immediately, I thought of my happy teenage years. I, I, I was a really, really happy kid, um, brought up in Finglas, north side of Dublin. And Finglas to me, it's a strange one. It had a bad name that I never knew about until I left school and went to college, you know, and I was saying, Hey, I'm from Finglas. People go, Oh. Oh, you're from Finglas? And I'm like, yeah, why? What's, what's wrong with that? Or when I, you know, started socializing more in Dublin city center and people would say, what school did you go to? And I'm like, St. Michael's, Holy Faith Convent, you know, and they were like, but that's a boys school. St. Michael's is a boys school. They were always talking about, you know, the, the fancy school. <laughs> so I, I just, I, it was a whole other world. I, I kind of lived a lovely sheltered world in Finglas. I had brilliant friends, brilliant school, great home and, we socialized there right up until we were about 19. We kind of didn't leave Finglas till we were 19. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just a really happy place for me. Yeah. So let's talk about what you looked like. Oh, because yeah. Because when I think of you now, the first thing I think of, amazing hair. <laughs> I always just think I associate you with hair goals. Absolutely yeah. incredible hair. What was your hair like in the 90s? Desperate. <laughs> I had desperate hair. Um, so my hair was like a blur color. Do you know one of those colours that's not anything at all? Mm-hmm. So at 16, I asked my mom, can I get highlights? Mm-hmm. And it was the old fashioned highlights where they put like a swimming cap on your head, basically, oh, and pulled God. them through. Oh. What was I thinking? Oh, it was awful. So um, after that, my hair was really, really bad. But I have really frizzy hair. And look, this is a really frizzy haired photo. That's a general. That is not you. That's me. That is me aged 14, maybe 15 even. Yeah. Definitely so. hadn't plucked your eyebrows at this time. No, the eyebrows were left alone then. Okay, so this is your... They're nearly back in fashion, those brows. So, yeah, that's true. So it's a sort of a nondescript colour hair. Yeah. And back in the 90s, we had, you know, wash and go, 
head and shoulders. Yeah. We didn't have the hot tools we have now. We didn't have the no. products at all. So no wonder you were frizzable. We all wanted to be. Do you remember the Rachel from Friends? The, the silky wow. hair. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. And that was my friend Imelda. She had the silky hair. She could wash her hair, let it dry itself. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, it could dry itself. So like as a, appearance wise, did you, were you, how conscious were you about your appearance during I, your teenage years? I knew I was, I knew I wasn't very pretty. And I, I, you know, I knew that and that's, I was absolutely fine with that. I know that sounds really sad, but there was lots of quite pretty girls that I palled around with. And, but I was kind of still confident enough in myself that I got on with everyone from the boys we hung out with. I had loads of friends. I got on with everyone in my class and I got on with my teachers. So I was, you know, it was, yeah, I was, I was just still happy and confident in myself. And, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't pay too much attention about my looks. And I wouldn't mind my two older sisters, which I call my much older sisters. <laughs> they love when I call them that. Um, they're very glamorous. So the age gap will be 12 years and 10 years. So, you know, there's a huge gap between us in age, but they were super glamorous. So worked in Dublin airport. Cool, cool scarf with their uniforms, all the Christian Dior makeup that a face could take. You know, it was all of that. But I was 14, 15. So, you know, that didn't matter to me. But um, yeah, I was happy. I mean, I was quite a tomboy, actually. Mm. Um, I was in the Scouts. I wore like a lot of baseball caps, Man United jerseys, Chicago Bulls hoodies. Awesome, I know. So, yeah, but I just, we had a lovely bunch of friends of boys and girls, so it was all okay. So who is the blonde bombshell in that photograph that you have there? We're talking red, slinky, satin dress, backless. Yeah. Blonde hair, incredible makeup, the whole lot, a sultry look and everything. It's bizarre. When did this happen? So I'm 14 in this one Mm -hmm. and I'm about 18 or 19 in that one. So, so how did this happen? I, I, I found my sister's Christian Dior makeup, obviously from the airport. That outfit has belonged to my sister. Um, she'd bought that away and I dyed my hair blonde, blonde, like, Look at all the blonde. What caused the shift in your life when this happened? I don't know. The shift happened when I was about 17. I went from being this to... We call this the gank stage. The gank stage. Total gank Mm -hmm. stage. And at 17, I think I was... um, I became more confident in myself. I started to wear makeup. I obviously plucked my eyebrows. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. pretty obvious. And uh, yeah, I dyed my hair. I I was working as well as being in school. Mm -hmm. So I had... I had my own bit of money yeah. and, you just and I just, you just blossomed. You just, I just mm. started, I went from being a tomboy to a girl and I became interested in boys and, <laughs> and all things girly. So, and that shift just happened. And the, the brilliant thing about it for me is my mom let me, she, you know, my mom was older having me. She was 40, nearly 41 having me at the time. She said she was ancient in the rotunda. Now it's really normal. Yeah. But at the time she said, Oh my God, I was like the granny. They all thought she was like in to see her grandchild (gasps) but um she let me I remember one Christmas you know my sister's going mad because we were going to mass they were like the state of her mom she looks so awful she can't come to mass with us looking like that because they had they were like Pippa and Kate Middleton like they had you know beautiful outfits and hats I don't know where they thought they were going to Royal Ascot they were going to mass (laughs) on Christmas day but I went in the Chicago Bulls hoodie that was brand new you know labels pulled off that morning some kind of skanky jeans Nike runners possibly with a bubble in them I don't know and I thought amazing 
coolest kid at mass was yeah, me. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, that's epitome so I, of 90s. But my mom was like, leave her alone. This is a face. Leave her alone. And you, she was like, shut up the pair of you. Leave Mairead alone. And all those Christmas photos now, and I look at them, I go, oh no, they're so gorgeous. And my mom looks so glamorous. And I'm, I don't know what I look like, you know. You were the coolest. I was the cool one. But she always just let me be. And and I, I'm doing that with my kids now. Just leave them. Be mm-hmm. what they what they are. It's a phase. They come in of it. They come out of it. And uh yeah, it's always, it's nice that she did that. Yeah, because those teenage years can be quite intense. Yeah. You know, where you're discovering who you are and trying to figure yourself Self out. out. Yeah, totally. and there's huge waves of fashion that we go through and everything that are the influences of the time. Mm. But it's, yeah, a very intense period in our life. What uh, were you like in school? I was very average, kind of like my looks. <laughs> very <laughs> average in school. But I was, you know, I hate to use the code. I was a good girl, you know. I was I was never trouble in school. And that's kind of stayed with me forever. I don't like being in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was Were never... Were you a prefect? Never a prefect. And I, I spoke to my school about this the other day when okay. I returned with the Glitterball Trophy. Woo! I did say I was still a bit sore about that because um, my my closest friend... Well, there was, there was four of us in, in the gang. So there's myself, Jenny Land, Lisa Howard and Mel Donnelly. And Jenny was head girl. So we hung out with the head girl. So we just presumed that by default we would, and by association, we would all be prefects, but only Lisa became a prefect. So myself and Imelda were, Imelda's the one with the beautiful silky hair. We were, we were devastated that we weren't prefects, but, um, we got on so well in school. It was a great school. Um, and they focus, obviously it was on, you know, you know, your studying, your homework, all of that. And, but it wasn't totally results driven. And I, I could be wrong, but I just think now that's gone. It's all about points and getting more, more points. And, um, I got a card, um, which I was looking for to show you, but, um, from Mr. McElroy, who was just such an amazing teacher. Oh, he's just, he was, he's still there. And anyone who had him was so lucky, but he sent me a card, the, the week of the leaving cert and said, and I cried reading it um, and it said, no exam result can take away from you what you already have. And that's a lovely personality. Stop. So he knew I wasn't going to get 600 points. Oh. And it also, I when I read it that day, I was saying, he knows I'm going to be fine. Mm. You know, and my parents knew I was going to be fine. So I did a very average leaving cert. I did get into a degree course, which I hated. But, um, but it's, I think I was... It sounds like I was kind of neglected. I wasn't at all. But I was left be me. Did you know what you wanted to be? I did talk about wanting to work in radio. Wow. And uh, an Irish teacher. It was very early in school, possibly second year. It was a discussion on what would you like to be. And there was all different types of things being thrown about the room. And I said, I'd really like to work in radio. And I could never do my homework unless the radio was on. So, you know, people need silence. Mm. I I couldn't have that. I had to have the radio on. Most nights I did my homework, listening to Tony Fenton, Hotline Hit List. I rang a few times. Like, so I used to, that was that was my company, um, Maybe that's probably why I didn't do so well with all that background noise, <laughs> singing while doing my maths. But um, um, but I loved that. I absolutely loved radio. And I remember saying that in class. And Miss Geary, she's no longer with us now. She said, sure, your Irish isn't good enough. You'll never get a job in radio. And I was like, oh, that's a pity. 
But all the radio I listen to, they don't speak Irish, so I think I'll be okay. So that was there. It was it was there from a young age. Um, but I suppose when you're from a working class area in Dublin and it was the 90s, um, you know, it was more about just getting out and getting a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so... Uh, that was just parked and also was said, we don't know anyone in radio. We've no one to help you out. Nobody will be able to, you know, get you in the door. And, you know, you do, you do sometimes need that. Um, but I, and I didn't have that. So I ended up doing loads of different things before I ended up saying, no, I'm going to go give this whole radio thing a go. Okay. So you brought along. Your Spice Girls diary. Yes, right. my Spice Girls diary. This is one of the most glorious things I have ever seen it's because beautiful. there is, what does it say, 1998? 1998, but it definitely started in 97. So I think it's a mix of both years, so maybe. So what, roughly no, what age are you around then? I am 17. Okay. So, um, yeah, so it starts, yeah, it starts the September 97. And it's... Um, you know, look, there's the, the first day I started college, the 29th of September, 1997. I was really young. Mm. I, I wasn't long, 17. And um, I have hmm, started college in NCIR today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it's one of these d- diaries that is designed to write one thing. One line. One it's line per day. One line per day. That's all it is. Okay. And I mean, a lot of it is just around boys. Okay. You know, that's the whole thing. And social, my social life, there's not a mention of assignments due, studying. But what is beautiful is inside is this little note, which my dad wrote the morning of my leave insert. And so 7th of June, 1997. And just to wish you good luck today. Just do your best, dad. Two kisses. P.S. Bring a drink with you. <laughs> I don't think he meant a beer. I think he meant bottle of water or something because I kept saying I don't think you're allowed to have a drink with you no you are you definitely bring a drink with you um what's on the back of that note on the back of that note then is oh yeah because it's a telephone message when we everyone had the landline and it's lovely I I mean I only found this last night um it's to my sister Olga Olivia rang and it's in my mom's handwriting which is lovely to have yeah because you know the old telephone notes do you remember the transition that we went through during the 90s of when we went from little or no technology to the birth of the internet mm. and having a mobile phone. Oh yeah, totally do. I mean, I, you know, again, like friends and boys used to have to phone the house phone in the hall. And I remember waiting and waiting on a phone call from a guy. And, you know, every time the phone rang, you know, you'd be laughing off the yeah. couch. To, to, and then like, we didn't have one of those long wires. You'd have to sit in the hall and you'd be kind of whispery. But um, yeah, then to get a phone, like your own mobile phone was just... It's amazing. Snake and oh text message God. and communicate in ways that we had never communicated before. I know, it was amazing. Mm. It was brilliant. Loved it. Tell me about crushes and boys and mm. you know those hormones that flood in in your early teens where suddenly boys going from, you know, just something yeah. that's just around to all of a sudden an intrigue. Yeah. Well, mine probably started a little earlier. I was definitely 12 when I... You know, and I'll, I'll use this term loosely. I completely fell in love with a guy um, who lived in the same area as me. And he, oh, I won't say he ruined my teenage years because he didn't. He was just, he was always there. And I always, always loved him. Always. And he just didn't. From, just from afar? 
or from in real afar. life? I mean, like, you know, I really wanted to find my Beverly Hills 90210 diary because the, that entire diary would would mention, you know, saw Gareth today. He said hi. Oh, stop. That would be an entire day or a weekend's entry. <laughs> what was it about him that you loved so much? He was so gorgeous. Okay. And I, and he still is very handsome. He's a very handsome man now. But he was just so beautiful and he had a gorgeous smile. He looked like Tom Cruise, but he was really tall. Like, and he, is, he was tall for his age. And he's, so he's a tall Tom Cruise without kind of the wordy stuff that Tom Cruise has. But he's... Um, yeah, he was just really nice. He was just, he was a nice boy. And so you knew him, you were friends with him? He, you kind to say of friends with him. Like, would it become friends with him later on, like, you know, 17, 18, 19, funnily enough. Became friends with him then. Um, did you ever get to kiss him? Once. <gasps> How did that happen? Um, and it's mad because it was just like, oh yeah, yeah. So it wasn't all your teenage fantasies come true? Or your no, no, no. It's, and do you know what it is? It's kind of like one of my favourite films of all time is Gone with the Wind. <laughs> so old, like it's from the 30s. But that, it's, it's that whole message of like she spent her whole life, you know, her whole adult life pining after this one person. And then she actually realised, oh no, I, did, I that was, it was just this thing that she she thought she loved, but she didn't. So I was a teenager, didn't, it's not my whole life. And then when I got to kiss him, I was like, oh yeah, no, he is still lovely, but mm. no. So all those great expectations yeah. can only lead to disappointment. I know. Mm. Do you remember your first kiss? I do. And I think for everyone, it's awful. It's just terrible. I mean, it's so awful. <laughs> You're like, why what? do people like kissing? What was awful about yours? Is this another case of, yeah, because I was the same. Is it great expectations? Great expectations. Think it's be like Hollywood and then you go, is that it? Yeah, that was horrible. Is it because we didn't know what we were doing? doing? I think so. Like, I didn't, he didn't. And, and then there was that kind of pressure, you know, to get your first kiss out of the way. You know, you want to, you, you know, I, I would have felt like, oh, everyone else has kissed someone and I haven't kissed anyone. But um, yeah, it was, it was awful. But I've, I've tended my entire life to go for nice guys. Um, I, I suppose that's, that's, I was, you know, people are attracted to like the bad boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't, they never interested me ever really. You just wanted to, and was it a goody two shoes guy that you wanted or just Wasn't a nice, it, not, not a goody two shoes. And I, I sometimes think that sounds kind of negative, but like I, why be with an asshole? Mm-hmm. So even when I was 14, I just couldn't understand why my friends were, you know, attracted to, you know, complete douche who was paying them no attention or being mean to them or I didn't get that. So my first kiss was a nice, a nice guy. My second kiss was a nice guy. Um, my first boyfriend was definitely a really, really nice guy. Um, and I, yeah, I've not always, I'm not going to say I've always gone for nice guys, but I would definitely be more attracted to that type of person. So when it came to teen discos and, you know, the yeah. tap on the shoulder, here, I'm going to shiv me friend and all, were you involved in all that sort of kissing or did you know the people beforehand? Before? I would have always known the people beforehand. Again, like everyone, everyone in Finglas knew everyone else and there was only like, you know, kind of two discos that you would have gone to. So, and we were lucky we were in a group of, of a couple of lads as well. So, um, I didn't really do that. The first time that would have and would have been you know the junior cert night mm-hmm. um would have been that and and I didn't like it <laughs> I didn't I didn't 
I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Just this like, ah, it's intimate with somebody who's a stranger. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. So one of the big things in teenage years that um, teens often experience is peer pressure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the peer pressure to drink and stuff. Did, was that something in your teen years? There was definitely, peer pressure was definitely there. But I, I go back to this thing of me. I had this weird inner confidence that, um, you know, I never felt I ever had to do anything. Like I've never, ever, ever smoked. Um, never done drugs. I definitely did drink. I still do and I love to. And and there were times where I definitely got messy drunk um, as a teen. Um, but a later teen, not really early teens, I didn't. I just, I, I just didn't want to. Was and and my friends were fine with that, you know. I had a good, good bunch of girlfriends, and they good were all, friends. And obviously, this inner kind of wisdom. How do you, do you think that's just part of your personality, or was that something I, that was kind of instilled in you? I think it's both. I think it might be just in me, and I think another part of it was my my mother. Mm. Um, my mother is a really, really strong person, and I always thought she was kind of a woman before her time. You know, if she was young woman now she would do amazing and great things um but she she mothered me in a way that she was definitely strict but she was also very very much a friend and sometimes she was more of a sister to me than my older sister was like my older sister was wow. sometimes trying to be my mother um um but my but my mom did kind of mother me in that way and all about kind of being able to say no to something and never ever being afraid to tell her. I mean, I remember coming home one day telling her, you know, this girl in fifth year was pregnant. And I was really nervy about telling my mom that because just because I knew the girl, mm-hmm. you know, so I was thinking, no, I was going to be thinking I'm out on sex as well. I'm not. <laughs> so, you know, I was there and um, mom, um, um, can, can I, can I tell you something? And she was like, yeah, what? And I, I told her and she said, okay. And you know, what's wrong? She's not dying. That was the first thing my mom said. Wow. I I just thought that and was in a, those days that was a huge this was thing like to say something probably like nineteen ninety six or yeah. something, you know. So it's not quite awful, mm-hmm. but it, I remember it's it was still a huge big deal. Oh. And that was the first thing my mother said. She's not dying. Wow, you know she'll be okay. And and then we had a whole chat about that and. You know, mom, mom was basically saying to me, don't, obviously don't go out and do it. But she said, don't ever, ever be afraid to tell me anything. And that was just a lovely conversation to have as a 16 year old with my mother. Um, and I never was afraid to tell her anything then either. Just she passed away four years later, which is mm. terrible. Mm. There's loads of things I would have loved to have told her and asked her, but didn't get a chance to. Isn't that so lovely that you had such a, an incredible relationship yeah. with her? And obviously, she sounds from the sounds of it, she gave you a lot of freedom to kind of to be yourself and discover who you are. Yeah, she and did. And to talk to you about anything. So when it came to talking about like, you know, sensitive things like periods and sex and all those sort of things, could you openly talk to your mum about that? Completely. Did she give you the birds and bees chat? Completely did. And it was all very, I mean, like, you know, the period thing is like a five minute chat because, you know, I think most people already know it. I like, I knew at nine or 10. So, but I think mum had the conversation with me at 11. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was... It was a very quick chat um, and I never, I never remember feeling awkward or anything like that. Now, obviously, if dad had had that with me, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> so, 
Um, so yeah, but with mom, it was yeah, it was just so it was just easy. Getting your period was that something that you really wanted or you dreaded? No, really wanted, mm. really wanted. Do you I remember think, where you were the very first time it arrived? Yeah, yeah, home and twelve and a half. Um, was at the kind of end of first year, mm. um, and yeah was just delighted with life and straight away ran down to my mom. It was like the best news ever. And what was her reaction? Oh, she gave me a big hug and, you know. You're a woman yeah, now. It was kind of, I don't think she said that to me, but she, you know, she just <laughs> gave me a hug and that was, yeah, it was, it was all, yeah, it's all nice. What was your sex education like in school? Um, Did they teach you much? I, there was none in secondary school, you know. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember any in secondary school. Like there was lots in science you know, when we did biology, there was a lot there. But primary school, sixth class, um, there was a lot um, in my it's school. Just the basics now? Or well, it was, it was um, well, I mean, it was all very much about where babies come from. Mm. You know, it was all that, all about periods. So again, I'd already had this chat, already knew it was all about hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, was mm. very important in those areas. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, there was nothing about like oral sex or anything like that, but it was it was about how intimate it is, and and it was there was definitely a conversation about how it is a lovely thing to do. It wasn't anything about you know, and it was it was a, a Catholic primary school, it was sixth class, and um, and we all got a little book going home. So I'm not sure there was any need for one in secondary school. Um, I, don't, I never got one in secondary school. No. Because so it's just a subject that I'm really interested in now, mm. considering the generation of the internet oh, and the access horrendous. to information that, you know, kids have today. So, you know, the education that we got back in the day was, you know, the basics and very minimal and just in the difference in comparison to this generation and what they have to learn and what they're exposed to is just unbelievable. Um, so was the subject of sex something that interested you or fascinated you or no interest whatsoever? It makes a baby, that's it. No, I definitely would have had an, uh, an interest in it, but I, I would have known that I wasn't ready to go there. Okay. Um, and, you know, I, I remember one friend who was the first in the group and I definitely had the most amount of questions for her um <laughs> like the most amount of questions but it, 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 I, I knew I knew when I wasn't ready um as opposed to when I was ready mm. I I always knew when I wasn't ready for it and again there was no pressure from anyone I didn't feel mm. any pressure from friends I never felt any pressure from guys luckily enough and mm. I think that's possibly changed now I don't I just I'm so I'm so scared of that world and I have mm. I have a son who's nearly 12 you know so um and I'm trying to replicate the same relationship that I had with my mom that he tell me anything and the whole thing as I've said to him from when he was very small is I can fix everything you know I probably can't fix everything but you know if I let him believe that I can fix mm. absolutely anything so no matter how bad something is I can generally fix it um so uh, that's kind of become a joke between us now. I love but, that. Yeah. So as a parent now to Dara, who's, you know, literally about to go into his teenage years yeah. um, in the coming 12 months, how does that make you feel about the prospect of him becoming a teen? Well, he's he's a very grounded young man. He's very respectful of everyone. He has no social media, never has. He has no 
iPhone. Wow. Okay. How did you manage that? And everyone asked me how did I manage that. And the thing is, he he doesn't need one. Like it's I've said no because what need does he have for an iPhone? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He Does he get pressure from his friends then no, being left out? No, like he... He has a laptop, so I'm saying, you know, he has a laptop, which he uses. I mean, primary school, you have projects now and they have to be typed mm-hmm. up. And after fourth class, I said, feck that if I'm typing that up again, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> so uh, he got a laptop last Christmas, um, a little little MacBook that he loves. He does some schoolwork on. He also loves to watch Netflix. He, you know, when we're on a flight, so he mm-hmm. can he can watch on that. But he has no need for um, an iPhone right now in his life. He is in school mm-hmm. all day. He has loads of homework to do when he gets home. He has two little sisters he hasn't seen all day. He has me, who he hasn't seen all day, to talk to. He has GAA training twice a week. He has soccer training twice a week. He has about three matches a week. And he has friends. So, you know, what needs does he have to be sitting with his head in a phone? Mm-hmm. He has very little free time. So when he has free time, I'd like him to be just present. Mm. So When we had little or no technology back in the day, were you one of those kids who left, the, ran out the back door um, in the morning time and said, see you mom, see you dad, quite played all day and then literally came home and he went, dinner! And you came back in. And that, that was it. Child the did thing, you remember? That is my, that is my, and my teen, my teenage mm-hmm. years, you know, the teenage summer mm-hmm. um, where it was, meet you at two o'clock at the bump was so, we had friends from a place that was not right beside us so we would walk halfway and there was this wall with a bump in it so we'd say meet you at two o'clock at the bump and that was the only thing you needed was a watch I mean that was it and we would walk to the bump meet the other girls and we'd either go to where they lived or we'd go to where we lived and go back at half five for dinner and just kept ourselves busy kept ourselves busy walking Mm -hmm. around going to the shops penny sweets summer nights were a bag of chips up in you know the local chipper it was all just and it it sounds all sweet and innocent and it kind of was, but yeah. not that innocent either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was obviously a bit of boldness, but it, it just was. And, um, you know, I think teens now are missing out on that. They're mm-hmm. actually are missing out. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, you mentioned sweets. There. Sweets. Oh, oh, retro sweets. Yeah. When you think back to all those days of tenpenny bags and the whole lot, what are the ones that stick out in your head that you remember? Well, my mom was, I mentioned already, she was a bit, she was a bit strict. So she was definitely strict on treats, big time strict on treats. Um, she was also a bit, um, you know, watch, watch your figure, watch your weight. She was a bit of a, one of those now mm-hmm. as well. And but so when I got my own money, I used to spend a lot of it on treats. Mm-hmm. So I used to buy a box 
the box of Smarties. Oh, I remember it. Yes. Oh, shocking. And I used to hide them under my pillow. So I'd like pop into the house and take like a massive <laughs> Yeah. And have your little secret stash of secret Smarties. Because I, I, um, I oh, actually I worked it. two evenings a week from the time I was 12, which sounds now like my son thinks I sound like something from Oliver. Yeah, I know, from 12. Yeah. What are you doing? So my friend's dad had a milk round um, for, for Avonmore and we used to collect the milk money on Thursdays and Friday nights in Sutton and Houth. Um, so even when I was in school, so sun, Thursdays and Fridays, I'd leave my house about five and we would go out to Houth and I would just run in. So I was really good with... Um, money yeah. then you know because I'd have to make up the change you yeah. know I'd go in with a little docket and I had a little satchel with cash on me and you know milk money oh, that was brilliant because but that was back in the days of when we did so much maths in school yeah. all day every day yeah. that our calculations for the way we could calculate money was just so rapid now I have to do everything on my calculator on my phone I can't, no, can't I do, do anything do anymore me neither so how much money did you get paid for doing that I job? got a fiver five pounds so it's 250 a night five pounds on a Friday <clears throat> and also Jimmy always goes a bag of chips all the way home that was bonus so um, yeah, oh, that you're was a great. wise working woman that's amazing to have that sort of income so you'd spend it on sweets and what else that was kind of it. Like magazines, oh, were you into? Those? I was into. I loved Smash Hits. Okay, I absolutely loved Smash Amazing Hits. It was a stickers. bit, bit pricey. A mm. little bit pricey. I mean, the one thing I remember, um, which I was so happy about, was the take that scratch and sniff poster. <laughs> it was the best, and you I didn't do know. I not remember this. You, Rewind. Tell me about this. So take that had. Um, like What's in it? Peak, of? peak take that. You didn't, you see, this is the thing that didn't tell you what it was going to smell like. And you didn't know which, which take that member you were going to get because okay. it was like folded inside. So anyway, I bought that and it was pretty pricey. I mean, it could have been two pounds. Now you'd get a mag for that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was pretty pricey. Um, and I, I got Mark Owen. I was delighted. Oh, back on Mark Owen. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was, he was the one. And it was, there was a little kind of film over where you had to scratch and it was his feet. So he scratched <laughs> his feet and sniffed and it was supposed to smell exactly like his feet, but it smelled like smelly feet or smelly socks. Oh, so it was kind no. of like a cheesy That's smell. I was like, this is exactly how Mark Owen's feet smell. That was amazing. And so that was, that was a big deal. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Oh, it was great. That was, that was a big one. And I used to love getting the song lyrics and learning them mm. because you didn't have, you know, couldn't didn't have the internet just look up mm. and go what word is she saying there you know yes. so um, print them out in the posters what was your bedroom like so i shared a bedroom with my older sister olga so there was no posters allowed so she what? wouldn't no no posters allowed so posters were allowed inside my wardrobe doors so i had four doors that you would open those up and there would have been man united yeah uh, yeah um like loads take that and that yeah. was kind of it and then a lot of the dublin ga footballers i liked really? yeah i I know <laughs> and like you have to remember they were black and white f- from the Herald like oh, they would because they wouldn't have actually had the glossy photos like the yeah. GAA didn't have glossy so photos I was trying to imagine where did you get them from yeah the Herald oh, classic parade oh my god I, and I had I had a big picture of Jason Sherlock on my locker in school so like other people would have had yeah well, he was a babe now he you was know. yeah for sure yeah. so yeah that was that was yeah what else was in your wardrobe what can you remember any distinguishing like really you know high fashion 90s things that were your favorite things to wear so my mom wouldn't have gone down the road of getting me branded stuff mm-hmm. um never no um just wouldn't it was just too expensive and ridiculous was kind of her motto 
Um, so, but I did, once she did buy me a Pepe t-shirt. Mm. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought like this was, this was the best Kim Kardashian sort of thing. I, my moment, mm. white t-shirt with Pepe going across in, in blue and I wore it to death, wore it to death. So I, I loved that. Um, but it was all, you know, it was jeans and runners. Mm. It was baggy jeans. I also had a two-tone jeans. I got wine jeans when they were out one Christmas. Um, what do you remember of 90s teenage shoes? Big, massive, blocky heels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I blame E17 for this. E17 liked girls with tiny feet, apparently. What? Yeah, this was the thing. They So when my feet were growing, I was like, oh no, I don't have big monster feet. As if like I cared if I bumped into Tony Mortimer or Brian Harvey. <laughs> but, uh, wow. Yeah. So I remember one Christmas definitely squishing my feet into a four when I was actually a five. Um, so you were trying to do like a concubine thing and binding your feet so they'll fit into the buffalo shoes. <laughs> they're totally fine. No, they're Just really comfy. Case. They're really, really comfy. Amazing. Yeah. Tell me about some of these photographs that you have here in front of you. So my you other, posted a photo the other day on yes. your Instagram story and it was you and Mr. the Glitterball Trophy. Me and the Glitterball Trophy. And, and I, your principal. My old principal. Who? Sorry, he was not my principal then. He was... He's the principal He's now. the principal now, but he was my business studies teacher from first year right the way up to sixth year and he is the loveliest man Mr. Barry and also um, uh, also Mr. there he is there there's Mr. Barry this is me and my Debs he's now the principal I just loved 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 them and Mr. Kalik. I wouldn't recognise you, Would you when I look at this photo really I feel like when I think of you now I think that you um, have it's almost like you're, you, the sh- well, you know, this happens in your teenage years. The yeah. shape of your face and everything changes and you have a really well-balanced facial structure, mm-hmm. great teeth. <laughs> and, um, Did you recognise me from like that? I know. I, well, no. and, oh my God, look at you That's here. my gym uniform. Yeah. So your gym uniform. So this was your uniform, green for school. You see, you yeah. always said, look at your hair there, actually. It's so voluminous and you're so slim and tall. Did you ever put on weight? I've only put on weight. Um, first time I put on weight would have been after my mom died. Mm. And that was, you know, I didn't realize I'd put on weight. Um, but I just got, completely ate my feelings that summer. I actually got really, really sick that, that summer and ended up in Bowman Hospital for a week. Um, and had to have my tonsils removed and other, blah. but I, Lost all the weight then because couldn't eat. So <laughs> yeah, perfect remedy. So I came out. I came out of that uh, slim again. And then in my twenties, my twenties, I definitely did put on my weight went up and down. And then I, I found out why I have an underactive thyroid gland, so I have to mind my weight. Right. Otherwise, I can put on weight really, really quickly now. Interesting. When you look, look back now on and this teenage you, and you know it's brought all those kind of feelings back. Mm. I was thinking about this. If you were to imagine. Go back to you, say, you know, before you blossomed into a swan, Okay. say 13, 14 year yes. old you. And let's just say you went into, I don't know, like an antique shop or something and mm-hmm. you found a crystal ball and you were to look into it. And if we were to show that early teen you, you doing your final dance oh, God. in Dancing with the Stars and to watch that performance and to see you as you are now and gliding around the dance floor, how do you think she would feel? Would oh, she believe it? She definitely wouldn't believe it. No, she wouldn't believe it. She would, she definitely wouldn't believe that. No. And the sad thing about that is, although I had this inner confidence, I was definitely very quiet. And my mom died thinking 
that I was very quiet and I hope Murray's going to be okay. Isn't that right? Wow. Mad? Yeah. How do you know that? What, like, as in. Mom wrote a, a diary um, in her final months of all her thoughts and. Um, and sometimes just even a story of something that might have happened to her when she was younger or a relationship with her dad. She loved her dad, but she knew she was never going to marry anyone like her dad. And so there was, it's, a, it's a lovely, it's just a hardback notebook. But she she died thinking, I hope Marie's going to be okay because she's so quiet. Wow. But I am quiet mm. until I'm not quiet. <laughs> I would consider you, yeah, to be a, a very confident person. You're a lovely balanced person. Yeah. I that think would be my judgment of you. You're very balanced in all aspects of your life. And that's in a great, like, isn't that the goal? Come it, on. Well, it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm very mature now. I'm, you know, 39 yesterday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I'm, you know, for someone of my age, I've gone through a lot, like even by the age of 30, you know. Mm. Losing my mom as young mm-hmm. as I did. Uh, I had a, a lovely career in Today FM working on the biggest shows that, that everyone was listening to. I got to go and see great places with that. I got married very young. I had a son very young. I got separated very young and subsequently divorced. So I have a lot of life experiences. So my balance now comes from all of those things, mm-hmm. you know, I... It's made you who you are. It, oh, it has. It definitely mm-hmm. has made me who I am. And I'm, without being, um, you know, people say I'm a very positive person. I'm very positive. But I am a very positive person. I, without saying, you know, I want to go off and buy a cloud, you know, I, I generally will try and see the the good in every situation, even if it's quite awful, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, yeah, but that's definitely come from... From all those years. And I'm very lucky, like I said, like I have the same girlfriends and mm. my, and another close friend I met when I worked part time in Arnott's at 17, you know, so Linda and those girls there in those photos are my close friends. And Your support system. Yeah. And they've always been in my life, you know, mm. they're, they're just amazing. So I'm very, very lucky. So tell me finally, mm-hmm. if you could go back and talk to teenage Mairead, what would you say? I'm I'm saying this to myself a lot in the last few months, but I will say it to my teenage self. Back yourself and um, you can do the things that you want to do and probably more. And um, and everything's going to be okay. I love it. Now, guests who participate in this podcast get a treat. (gasps) Oh, this is going to be a sound, a sound nightmare now for Shane. But oh. I have satisfied all your childhood oh teenage God. dreams. You get one of Jules's giant tenpenny bags. Oh my goodness, this is incredible! I cannot believe the flog dolphin is there. Flog dolphin, dip dab. There is chewits and a stinger bar. There's a little white chocolate fish and chips, oh fizzy colas, giant cola bottles, golf balls. Everything. Milk teeth. Milk teeth. There's oh so many things that they still make. Oh my God. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> I love this. And it smells so good. We used to go what, to one shop in, um, you have to cross the border from Fingers to Glasnevin um, to go and get lots of these sweets. And the shop is still there now. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, now there's enough sugar in there to last until Christmas. No, I'll just, just spread it all out. I'm not dancing anymore, Jill. <laughs> God, what am I doing? <laughs> Well, Mairead, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. You've been an incredible guest and for revisiting your teenage years. Thanks for having me. So 
So if you'd like to see those teenage photos of Mairead with frizzy hair and then blossoming into a blonde bombshell, then have a look at the highlights on my Instagram page. Just follow me at Jules Call Picks. And now let me personally say that if you have clicked on the subscribe button to this podcast, I have word from our president, Michael D. Higgins, that you are officially one of the biggest rides in the country. Thank you for your support. Once you've clicked subscribe, then you'll be the first to know as soon as new episodes of the podcast are out. And if the Cringe Binge podcast is making you think about your teenage years and diaries that you wrote, then I'd love to hear from you. I'm going to be reading listeners' diaries in future episodes, so if you'd like to share your diary, either publicly or anonymously, then get in touch. You can take photos of the pages and send them to me, or type them up, or record them as an audio note. All the details are on my website. Just visit cringebingepodcast.com. Thanks for listening and please tell all your mates about this podcast. I really appreciate your support. I'm your host, Jules Call, and this is the Cringe Binge Podcast, brought to you by Acast, home of the world's best podcasts. The interview part of this podcast was recorded in Collaboration Studios. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.